0: cat brooks according to a recent article on mission local over the last four years the response times of the san francisco police department have gotten significantly longer even though they are fielding 40 percent less calls to walk us through the data we are joined by will Jarrett, the data reporter for san francisco independent news source mission local his latest article with joe Eskenazi is yes the san francisco police department has a staffing crisis but that's just the beginning good morning will
1: hello how are you doing
0: I'm doing good. Thanks so much for coming back on the show. Well, I want to talk about the data in the article that you've got out with Joe Eskenazi. Yes, the San Francisco Police Department has a staffing crisis, but that's just the beginning. Um, my my read of the article is you really sort of look over the last four years. Can you walk us through what has happened to response time?
1: Yeah, so we've got response time data from 2016 up until the end of 2022 and you can see that um, So there are three different categories of priority that SFPD tracks as priority A, priority B, and priority C. Priority A being the super important, like there's a, there's a violent crime going on right now. Priority B being, you know, there's been a burglary and we need to get someone out there. There might still be a suspect around. And priority C being the lowest priority. And every one of those in that time span has increased significantly um, in terms of the time that police have taken to respond. So from the start of 2016, oh sorry, I can't
0: Oh, no, no. I just took a a breath in. You Oh, sure. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, understood. Um, So from the start of 2016, um, it was about 6 minutes, 25 seconds to get to um, the highest priority call from the moment that a police officer is informed to get to where you are. Um, And at the end of 2022, it was 8 minutes and 47 seconds, so it increased by over 2 minutes. Um, and the second and third tier calls um, slowed uh, a lot, of even even more uh, drastically than that over the same time period.
0: <clears throat> now, the San Francisco Police Department will be quick to tell you or us uh, it is because of staffing problems. How many officers have they mm. lost in this time span, and and how has that impacted department's response times, or has
1: it? Yeah, so um, there has been a significant loss of. Full duty sworn officers in that time. And the very peak um, in the in recent years was in 2017 when they had 1,872 full duty sworn officers, and that means the officers who are able to go out and take on every duty. There are more if you include people on like light duties who might be injured or people who are on leave and that sort of thing. Uh, but it was around so it was around eight 1,870 in. 2017, and it's now 1,537. So it is a kind of like a decades long low in terms of officers. However, there are a bunch of metrics that we can look at um, around how officers have been responding to calls and so on that don't seem to tally neatly with the decline in officers. So it's, it's tricky to say that the changes in response times and in other metrics like arrest rates and crime clearances are solely due, due um, to the decline in fully full-duty sworn officers.
0: And you actually walked through some of the, those those, um, those categories in the article. I really appreciate mm. the way the data was is laid out. Um, uh, oh, talk about that, oh, the, the staffing numbers and its correlation are not what's happening on San Francisco Street. So I wanna walk through each of the categories. So let's start with the rest rates. Yeah
1: yeah okay so arrest rates this is one of the ones that's really kind of uh most interesting so if you look at just the last couple of years which is quite often what ffpd has been doing in their kind of presentations to show um you know to to argue that they need more officers you'll see that the number of officers went right down and the arrest rate um went down as well but if you look further than the last couple of years um you'll see that the Arrest rate and the number of officers really doesn't correlate at all. For example, in 2017, um, when SFPD had the highest number of full-duty sworn officers, its arrest rate was actually at the, at the lowest. So about 4% of incidents were leading to an arrest. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, if you look at the last couple of years, that narrative kind of holds up. If you look back further than that, it seems to get a lot more complicated.
0: And then what I mean, and SFPD is not unique unless I just want to say that, right? Solve solve mm-hmm. rates across the country and police departments is is pretty low. But um talk about what you found when you dug into solve rates for violent crime.
1: Yeah, we'll do. Um so yeah, it's it's worth pointing out as well, uh, first off, that although the arrest rates are kind of then they're, they're not hugely high around um uh around uh, around the country and in California, San Francisco does have the the lowest arrest rates in California. So they are kind of special in that regard. Um, in terms of violent crime clearance rates, so they have been dropping over the past uh, few years, but before that, they were fairly erratic. Um, they're kind of around about a third. Um, was was the kind of average for several years. And over the last couple of years, they have been dropping down below that. But uh, again, it's not one that's easily correlated with the number of officers that were available.
0: And that's the same for property crime solve rates, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, property crime solve rates are are even lower. So they'll be, uh, for the last decade, they've been under 10% of those crimes have been cleared. Um, And... Again, over that same period, it has steadily been declining. Um, the highest that we got was around um, 2014. They were about 10% um, of property crimes were being cleared. And that was a point where there was actually low numbers of officers. And after that, when officer numbers went up, property crime, crime clearance rates actually went down. So it's kind of the opposite of the pattern you would expect with lots more officers being able to solve lots more crimes.
0: No, well, I know you're the data mm-hmm. dude. She so don't necessarily have to respond to this, but I, I walked through <laughs> <Show>. this. <laughs> Wait, we we did this the last time I had you on the show. Um, I, yeah. But I just I have to pause for my listeners because we've covered right extensively. We covered extensively the recall efforts against Chessa Dean, the the stories that were put out there, and that this mm-hmm. was his fault. Right, That the, the lower arrests were his fault, the not solving violent crime was his fault, mm-hmm. rising crime was his fault. Um, all of this was coming out of the district attorney's office, but we just walked through data <laughs> that shows mm-hmm. that I actually didn't have anything to do with the district attorney's office. And at the end of your article uh, with, with Joe, and I don't know if you know, I, I go through this with you or not, um, as an abolitionist and as someone who's been in the streets fighting the brutalities of SFPD for years, I bristled a little bit at the idea. Um, that cops are demoralized and so they're doing what they call mm. passive policing, right? Um, and and they mm. said that they they just they don't know what their job is anymore, so they're just sitting in their cars. Mm. How does that impact the data that we just walked
1: through? Yeah, I mean that is tricky. I suppose it is one explanation for the patterns that you're seeing in the if you're seeing uh, clearance rates going down over the last couple of years, and if you're seeing um, arrest rates go down. That's one possible explanation that you can put alongside um, other explanations such as lower numbers of officers around. It's very hard to say which one is right. I imagine that it's a, a kind of complicated mix of all of these things. Um, from what the officers were saying, their their argument was basically... And so, so Joe talked to a bunch of um, officers in SFPD and people who used to be offices until recently, and one of the main, as you said, one of the main things that they said was that um, they were very clear on what they weren't meant to be doing now, but they were less sure about what they should be doing. Um, I guess it's kind of, yeah, I'd, I'd say for, from just looking at the data, it's hard to say what kinds of explanations are, are correct in that, in that sense. Um, one, one thing that is interesting that kind of feeds into this is that the number of um, calls that FFPD has been um, kind of initiating themselves over the last four years has gone down dramatically. So it used to be about half of the incidents were based on 911 calls, and about half of them were based on stuff that s f p d found themselves. Now it's about uh, about a third of incidents are self-initiated. Um, and about two thirds of some nine one one calls. So you could kind of see that as a possible kind of way into seeing um, that that police are not going out and being as proactive as they used to be. Um, and I guess it's kind of complicated as to whether or not that's a you know how kind of how how positive and how negative that is. I suppose it depends on depends a little bit on your politics.
0: <laughs> mm. uh mayor breed in in the midst of all this is pushing to give is this is just a two-part question uh well okay mayor, right. mayor mayor breed is pushing to give you know even more millions to the san francisco police department the border soups i think rightly looked at it. And it was like we just did that and here mm-hmm. uh here here's the performance first part of the question is will money solve the issues uh, we've been speaking about here, response time solve rates, et cetera. But the second, and I think the more, more important question will is, from your perch, what would data-driven decision making about what to do with SFPD look like?
1: Both well, very good questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess so the the money question um, would it improve things? I suppose the what we looked at in the article was. Seeing how things have changed over the last ten years or so, and over those ten years, you know, for the vast majority each year, the um, the kind of real terms budget of the police went up, um, and you don't see a steady increase in positive outcomes. So, I suppose I suppose one thing that we did mention in the article is that there may be like a like a kind of event horizon below which, if you have just too few officers to actually go out and respond to crimes, things do get a lot worse. But I would say that it looks as though, so far, that hasn't been reached. And so the idea of just pouring more money in um, and getting more officers may not um, on, on its own solve anything. Um, and it's also worth pointing out as well that the money that I think is being asked for at the moment is for police overtime. It's very much kind of a band-aid measure. Um, kind of getting the same officers that you've got at the moment out there rather than, you know, having a massive getting a load of extra officers. Cause that's a problem that's been seen across the nation is that people just put, especially over the last two or three years, really don't not as many people want to become police officers um, for various reasons. Um, and uh, the second question that was what, what would a data driven, um, Yeah, what would data-driven reform look like? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would look like figuring out which crimes you want to focus the most on and seeing what their clearance rates are and then trying to improve those. Um, So I get – and that is very possible with the data that they've got right now. For instance, like you can see San Francisco's – the main kind of um, archetypal crime, I guess, is – car break-ins, but the property crime clearance rate is incredibly low. So I guess that's what you see in the media reports. You know, you see them quite often. You know, my car was broken into and the police didn't do anything, and that's, you know, that's It's kind of reflected in the data. It looks as though there are tons of those kinds of crimes, and they don't often get solved. Um, So I suppose you could figure out some kind of strategy as to which crimes you want to prioritize and then um, try to get those clearance rates up.
0: It just doesn't feel like that's what's happening. Uh, that not just with SFPD, with OPD, with all the PDs across the country, it feels very reactionary. Um, Will yeah, Jared, anything yeah. I didn't ask you, you think is important to to point out here?
1: Um, good question. Da, da, da. I guess one of the other things that is super important, and that I haven't really seen in much of the reporting, is that the um, so SFPD reports to the state every year on its uh, who it's who it's employing, and one of the interesting trends was that as the number of foreign duty officers, although that has gone down over the last 10 years, the number of SFPD civilian employees has gone way up by by like a a few hundred Um, and so you could see it as not a kind of, if, if you were looking at the total number of employees in the department, you could see it not as kind of a crash but as a change in the types of employees that SFPD has
0: all right, well, Jared, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much uh, for your work and for coming on the show. Again, look forward to having you back soon.
1: Cool. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive.